Hello, 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 and a warm wicka welcome to all of our witches, white lighters, and warlocks out there. My name is Clark. And I'm Victoria, and you're listening to Charmed and Dangerous, a Charmed podcast. episode like you thought like, last I can't week tell. was weird <laughs> yeah no I, I honestly can't tell if this uh this podcast episode is gonna be like 30 minutes long if it's gonna be like 12 <laughs> nine and a half um it's like a lot like physically happens in this episode but story-wise it can be summed up to like two and a half points yep (laughs) um so let's get straight into the summary today um victoria lead us in with episode three of season three once upon a time all right so fair tricksters betrothed wrestles (laughs) phoebe rescues little girl kate after almost running her over we learn about the in-betweens called tweens and how only children can see fairies and trolls when they're innocent. Ugh, hate that. Uh, Phoebe and Prue do fairy dust while Piper goes on a Wiccan strike to get Leo back. This almost results in the brutal smoking of Little Kate and the fairy princess, Fizzle. So Piper says, I guess I can give up Leo, and the elders give back Leo. Hate them. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. So the big bad of this episode are, like, trolls. And I say that, like, kind of... Because they're, they're honestly just a nuisance until they literally try to, like, slow roast. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, kind of assholes, you know? Like, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the episode i almost said movie at the end of the episode we're watching prue fight piper and phoebe sorry prue piper and phoebe trying to save this little girl from being slow roasted literally like over an open like marshmallow style in a like, in a cage like like lobsters into boiling water and you're like oh, okay I, like i i genuinely this episode went from like zero to a hundred, like real fucking fast. real fast. But other than like uh, trying to roast people alive, the trolls are honestly just annoying as hell. And they've got like yeah, little sharp claws, like, real zippy. Yeah. Real fucking yeah. zippy. Yeah. And ugly. I would say, yeah, super ugly, dude. Oh my God. They had the worst character model. I feel bad for them. They kind of look like orcs. <laughs> Like, Kinda, miniature yeah. annoying orcs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I would also love to um, add to our big bad list. Um, we do have Cole doing some kind of demonic workings in the background. Absolutely. And we're introduced for the first time ever 
to his Balthazar form. Yep. Though you don't know that name yet. Uh. <laughs> no, but yes, his demonic form. Um, Red and scaly. S- oh, God. Super sick character model. Yep. Um, is it weird to say that I am more attracted to Balthazar than I am Cole? Honestly, that's the monster fucker in you. We're going to leave <laughs> that alone. Um <laughs> <laughs> somebody wants too many somebody read too many Aragon books and now no, stop. and now we've got Clark lusting after <laughs> fucking tire track Balthazar oh please <laughs> oh, uh, so to get right into it I do have something I would like to discuss okay I'm just going to dive. I think that there was an opportunity missed here with the fairies and trolls episode. Intrigued. Because... Please go on. This is a very, like, specific... If you have more information on fairies and lore in this particular context, please send it to us because I would love to read it. But to me, this is the very, like, Americanized Western model of what a fairy is. Oh, yeah. You know, like the childlike fae that are just kind of tweaksters, very, like, Peter Pan Tinkerbelly, which I don't think is wrong. Right. But I definitely think for the audience of Charmed, we could have handled some of that, like, seely versus unseely court shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I can see that. It feels like kind of like it, it lets down in light of, like, all of the other big bads we've dealt with yeah. slash are dealing with. It feels like they kind of pulled back a little bit. Well, um, and it's like... Which... Because I, I feel like a lot of the lore of the show is, like, Anglo-Saxon European witchcraft. Like, we've, right. we've seen a little bit of international stuff, but not a lot. Like... Right. Um, because that's what was most available, probably, for research purposes. Um, and I am kind of glad of that. Like, it would have it would have killed me if there was, like, closed practice, you oh, know, yeah. heavy witchcraft done. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, um, if we ever get to it. But it, like, I feel like you could have leaned into that European folklore because, like... You're not even supposed to tell the Fae your name. You're not supposed to eat anything from the Fae. You're not supposed to accept any deals from the Fae. You're certainly not supposed to um, have enough contact with the Fae that they, like, try to spit roast you. You know, like, it would have been, in my opinion, very interesting to see, like, changeling lore or anything like that. And I feel like the audience could have handled a little bit more of that specific European lore. And I feel like, though this was a very cute, adorable episode, 
I do feel like... I mean, we're dealing with demons. Yeah, but I... uh, On that note, like, I, I almost wonder if they did it intentionally. If they kind of dumbed down the fairy stuff, at least for now. We do see some more advanced fey lore later. Um... Like, not necessarily with the Seelies and all that stuff, but um, we do see a little bit more of it later. Um, but I I wonder if they intentionally kind of, like, calmed down that Fey lore to focus on the fact that the real threat in this episode is Cole. Um, because he tries to steal the Book of Shadows. He's growing ever closer to the sisters. He's the closest we've ever seen any demon get to the sisters mm-hmm. other than like um, jeremy yeah exactly and that was before they even knew they were witches yep. so like i just i i almost wonder if it was an intentional choice yeah to kind of let it tamper fall to the wayside yeah and that's an excellent point and we can just slide right into coal um because as we know like kate also the little child She's also dealing with, like, separated parents yeah, and emotional heartbreak. And we do get to see that kind of be resolved and dealt with by older feminine figures, which is super sweet. Um, oh, yeah. And she doesn't get spit-roasted, so, like, <laughs> good day. That's a bonus, I guess. Good day in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, um, the trolls do, however, straight up get yeeted into the flame. Um Technically, they eat themselves. It's pretty pretty satisfying. It's true. And they do kind of, like, roll into the fire. Like, I know it's the 90s, but the props do kind of look like baked potatoes. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. So that... This episode was, like, <laughs> not with its time with SFX, at least not in television. No. Um, but it's endearing, for no. sure. And before we hit Cole, I would just like to say... Can we take a big round of applause? Because despite the, like, very whimsical, childlike nature of this episode, the acting was on point. I mean, even the little girl that plays Kate is very convincing in her role. She is. And I mean... Like, she's a very talented little actress. She is. Props to her. And as if she's not, like, our age. uh, Piper (laughs) is, like shockingly painful in those first couple scenes when she wakes up from her dream. And she always, yeah, she always is on point with her emotions. Because it's real, you know? Like, you can tell when somebody's really crying in a TV show, like, I would not say that I'm a totally sympathetic crier, but (laughs) it does get you. Because you just kind (laughs) of have to, like, like, I have to kind of lean back from the screen when Holly Marie Combs cries as Piper because she cries in that very real, the way that adult women cry when they usually have their shit together and they can't hold it in anymore. You know? Yeah. It's not like... It's like a pure panic. Yeah. And, like, release of energy. Literally. Because it's not like... Cause different women cry in different ways, right? And at different stages of your life. Like, when you're a little girl, you cry in a certain way. When you are a teenager, you cry in a certain way. When you want things, some women cry in a very specific way for manipulation tactics. But she cries 
And it is so true to her character, and I think that's why it hurts so bad. She literally cries, just as you said, as a release of energy. Not because she wants to, yeah, but because she has to. And, and yeah, ugh. I mean, we've talked about it countless times before. Like, Holly Marie Combs is a top-tier actress. Yep. I think she's extremely underrated. Um, like, at least outside of the Charmed community. Maybe the Pretty Little Liars community. But she didn't have an extensive role in that show. Um, it, it, it just it feels like sometimes her talents go to waste, you know? Yeah. Because she just can put on such a real and just vulnerable performance that a lot of actors can't pull off. Yeah, and she does it... She just does it very well. And then... Yes. Prue and Phoebe acting as children. Adorable. Adorable. And also, in my opinion, very well done. I think there are a couple of moments where they both falter in their performance. I'm sure it was very hard to keep it up. Um, But overall, I think it was done really well. I think so, because it wasn't, like, I wasn't a super big fan of, like, the baby talking aspect. Yeah. However, when Shannon is standing there and they're talking to Piper and Prue, like, Piper and Phoebe are sitting together, and Shannon goes... Why are you being so mean? (laughs) That, to me, was so brilliant. It, yeah, it, it's in the mannerisms, not necessarily the way that they're talking. Yes. But the way that they change the way their bodies move. Because that is so, like, if you have ever dealt with a child, (laughs) especially a child that's like, between four and eight, right? Where they have started, they're communicating, they are making up their own opinions, right? They're past the point of helplessness, but they still need you to do a lot for them because they're children, right? When you say no to a child of that age, they, that is exactly how they act. It's the, the buildup to a tantrum. Yeah. And then it goes away just as quickly when they either get what they want or they get what they need. And I just thought that that was so brilliant. And it shows that Shannon, like, like, I don't know if she had had children at this time or if she just, like, knew children in her life or if it was just, like, an acting exercise. I don't know where she got it from, but in my opinion... It's the stuff like that, and I feel like Shannon did a better job. Because I think, I think Phoebe, Phoebe's acting was good, right? I think, I think Alyssa Milano's acting in this, in this performance was really good. Because I think it's easier for her. She's the younger sister anyway, right? So that's, that's a very clear character trope. But I feel like Shannon making the abrupt switch from focused professional older sister Prue, who we've only started to see loosen up, to literally a child. Because it's not Prue as a child. It's just a child. It's just a child. It's, you know, it's not like when we go back in time and we see that Prue is being serious because she has two younger sisters. It's a child being dusted with fairy dust. And all of your world wariness gets sucked out of you. 
And I yeah. just thought I just thought it was very well done, and that's the last I'll say on it, but I was very impressed with the acting in this episode. Yes, I agree. Um, moving into Cole, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of reasons that I wanted to talk about him in this episode. One is that we see him and Phoebe's relationship develop a little bit. Yes. Um, he asks her out on a date, um, but we find out that he has, like, a motherfucking dossier mm-hmm. on Phoebe. <laughs> like, yes. he has, like, this whole case file written up, and he, like, says this cheesy thing to her on the phone. He's like, good, I sound like Billy Appleby. Like, like as if he doesn't know that that's her favorite movie. Yes. Um, and it's just so infuriating to watch her fall for it. Yes. Like, because it's like, oh, God. I, oh, Phoebe, see what's happening in front of you, please. But also, like, she's blinded by lust. Um, so... Uh, but he is very much a smooth talker in this episode it is very insidious like rewatching this yes has been such a joy because i always love cole right i love cole because of how but i love cole because of how like cole looks and how he acts and etc right and then i love cole more um a little later in the season for reasons that shall be revealed but for sure right now cole is an infuriating character Because he is literally manipulating. But I would like to go ahead, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, Cole, obviously, is trying to get the Book of Shadows. Duh. Right. Everybody be trying. He does not succeed, because the book takes one look at him and is like, demon! And then it flies away (laughs) from him. (laughs) And Cole, like, makes up this... Thing and plays innocent and dumb to get in the house and blah, 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 blah. All of that is important. I want to bring up one specific instance and I want to hear your thoughts on it, Clark. Okay. At the end of the episode, Cole is like talking to Phoebe and he like asks, he asks her out on another date, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. She like called him to apologize and he picked up and she was like, oh, what are you doing in the office yeah. at 2 a.m.? We got that whole exchange. Exactly. At the end of it, Cole puts down the phone and he goes, yes, and he pumps his arm. Uh Uh-huh. And then he, like, freezes and he turns to his shadow and is like, tell them I'm getting close, you know? And the shadow goes. And then Cole sits down and has this look on his face. And to me, this is just like retribution of the finest because and gloss over this if you're not super like into the show like if you're watching it week by week but you haven't finished the show just kind of you know go ahead 30 seconds you can tell in this moment cole is starting to actually like phoebe okay so i knew you were gonna bring this up Mm -hmm. um I can see your point, Um, but I think the disconnect for you and the disconnect for me happen in different places. Okay. So for you, it's like he goes, he's excited. He's like, yes. And then he catches himself, tells the shadow to report that he's getting close and then relaxes and enjoys his feelings for Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. 
the way that I saw that scene, and I feel like this is where it can be interpreted either way for a million different people for a million different ways. Mm -hmm. But the way that I read that scene was he goes, yes, and he was actually kind of excited there. But then he caught himself and he brought himself back into big, big bad villain mode. Yes. Um, And... for, th- for me, the scene ended and he was still in big bad villain mode. It was a lot more filled with malice in my mind than I think it was in yours. Okay. and Like, the way that he smiles was malicious to me. Okay. I agree that Cole is still definitely... Like, his goal is not to romance Phoebe at this point in the show. His, right. His goal is to steal the Book of Shadows and potentially kill them. Like, and... Yeah. Watch, re-watching it, I'm able to admit that and be like, oh, this is so delicious as, like, a character thing because that makes it all the better. Spoilers. Please move ahead one minute if you have not finished the show. That makes it all the better when he falls in love with her genuinely. Yeah. Before shit show happens. Because yeah, the next forever shit show happens yes because that is such a fucking price yeah and it is so delicious to see the setup here spoilers over because no and i go ahead go ahead please go ahead i was gonna say no and i totally agree like i i'm enjoying watching cole develop from like a pick it apart kind of viewpoint it's very interesting to me um but i think Aaliyah in our emails said it in the best way she said cole is magnificent in the worst way yes and i i couldn't have put it in better words myself like i got that email and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) thank you also thank you for sending us this sexy picture (laughs) yes uh victoria will uh print it be keeping track of that um <laughs> i will be putting no. it on my wall above my bed on the ceiling <laughs> so every night i can just ah. like uh, we love cole because we know that we should hate cole like yes. that that is the thing and and watching his character develop has been a very interesting ride for me um and i'm excited to see that further with all of you guys yeah, because he literally, like, oh, like, he sucks. Like, he actually sucks. He's awful. Like, yes. if you ever meet a man like Cole in real life, run, run. screaming for the hills. That Please. is a narcissist. Turn the, do a 180 run. That is a love bomber. Anybody who puts that ti- much time and effort in, like, it's one thing to listen to your partner about what they like and to, like, file it in your head so that you can it's use another it. another to dock them and write it out on paper yes. if you have somebody say something to you like like can you imagine if a guy looked at you and was like oh my god like i'm not insinuating that cold that clark's favorite movie is twilight but f- for this example it'll have to do <laughs> can you imagine if somebody called you up clark and they were like uh and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Oh God, I sound just like Edward from Twilight. I'm <laughs> in love with me. Like, 
honestly, like, oh, and it's like you're watching this and you're like, I hate to be the pessimist here, but like, if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Like, especially men. If, yeah, if, if this man's walked up to me and was like, oh man, I'm just like, oh, I just like super relate to Leo from this old TV show Charmed. Oh, and like, oh, like, it's just I've never it's listened so wild to a podcast because before. <laughs> nobody like nobody knows who this is. Like I'd be like, okay, who the fuck sent you? Like <laughs> Yeah, is it the government? Is it God? <laughs> like, Instant red flag. Uh, like, yeah, and what it's you just... like a thing that I like? Uh improbable. <laughs> and it's more than oh, you like a thing that I like. Like you like the specific detail of this thing that I like. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it's just so hard because Cole as a character, fantastic. Cole as a love interest right now, terrifying. And like, let's like, he is both like so well written as a character and so poorly written as a character because he has all these cheesy lines that like, you look at Phoebe and you're like, I don't believe that you would fall for this. But, like, when it comes to his backstory and, like, what he's doing and the maliciousness of his character, phenomenally well-written. Yep. It's just, like, there's this disconnect in the way that he talks, and I just don't believe that the Phoebe that I love would ever fall for something like that. But we also have to remember that, like, people are blind in love. True. And that yes, is and that's so the thing. truthful. And that's kind of what makes it scary, too, is it's, like, Phoebe is this badass, powerful woman who, like, knows when she's getting fed a line. And, like, her sisters are like, hey, no. Um, And she still is just like, but no, I want him. Yep. And like, that is... I see the signs and I don't care. Like, oh, she can literally see the future. She can yes. literally see the future. She is a oracle, literally. And she cannot... And she's blind and she, to cold. Yep, and she can't see it. And that's what makes their relationship so interesting. And I can't and wait for it to develop further. For sure. And I mean, not to, like, bring it back to the Twilight thing, because, like, low-key, I've been, like, hopping on the Twilight train again lately. But I think Who hasn't? that's they put those what movies was... on Netflix. Yeah, right. No shame in the game. Um, I think that that was what Stephanie Myers was trying to do with Edward and Bella, with like the whole he can't read her thoughts thing. So that makes her special. I think that that like that kind of vibe where like Phoebe and Cole are so attracted to each other that they're blinded to the other stuff. That's what they were trying to do with Edward and Bella, but make it magical and mysterious. And then it makes it seem like they're meant for each other. Like, it's like a back-ass-words way to get to that trope. And it... uh, That's my Twilight rant. That Twilight rant over. And, like, just to make a really smooth transition out of it, it is in direct opposition to Leo and Piper's relationship. Yes. 
And in this episode, because we don't see a lot of Leo in this episode, except for when he shows up in that orange flannel, which I told Clark earlier, like, that's a great look. If you, if you are a white man, (laughs) if you are a white white man, no, if you are, first of all, if you're a white man listening to our podcast, um, God bless you. We love you. Uh, (laughs) You're the one of the good ones. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but if you are a white man and you're blonde and you have similar coloring to Leo, consider orange, consider, but not garish orange, like a burnt orange. Yeah, like a faded, like, dusty orange. If you are a straight white man listening to our podcast and you you know what burnt orange is, my personal (laughs) phone number is redacted. (laughs) My personal phone number is... (laughs) (laughs) If you can decipher it, you can have it. Yeah. (laughs) Join me for a fucking duel for my hand at midnight. But no, seriously. You have to go up against me, so be ready. No, no. I, I'll i be fighting for my own hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that couldn't have been better. Uh, um, yeah, you have to fight anyways, both of us. I'm the final yeah, boss because I'm on... mean, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick you apart emotionally. I'm trying to put us back on the tracks. <laughs> oh, the train has left the station. Go ahead. Oh, yes, it has. Um, But yeah, so like the last little talking point that we have for this episode is like Piper and like what she does in this episode, which is basically cry. Um, And what a fucking mood. You know, some days you're just... (laughs) Yeah, like, she, like, yells at the sky, like, with these people walking but right next to her, and they (laughs) look at her like she's fucking nuts. Because she is! Um, Oh, man, she, like, goes on a strike, she doesn't want to help Phoebe and Peru, Um, she, like, is like, no, I'm not doing anything for them until they give back Leo, and it's like, uh, but you're giving them fuel for the fire. Um... And then she's like, fine, I'll help. And then she's like, oh, shit, I didn't actually help. Um, now I'm a bad person because Kate might be getting killed by trolls. Yeah. Um, and then she goes through some character development and saves Kate. And then is like, maybe I don't need Leo in my life. Like, if it means that I'm going to lose people like little Kate. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep now. And then Leo comes down and he's like, hey, I don't know what you did, but they said that you showed great courage. So here I am. We're on probation, but we can be together. And Piper's like, yes. And like, doesn't question it. She's like, it's fine. We'll make it work. And then Peru and Phoebe are just like looking at each other. And they're like, is this a, is is this going to be okay? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, God. And um, they just have to accept it. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happens in the last part of the episode. Like, that's that's Piper's whole, like, motivation for this episode summed up in, like, two minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I love that we can talk about 30 minutes for nothing, and then, like, the actual point of the story, we're like, yeah, it's fine. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, that's what you missed on Charmed. <laughs> um, so, 
as far as personal gain goes, we are adding one point uh, for Piper freezing the club when the sisters were on fairy dust. Um, she could have just dragged them to an office, but instead she froze the whole club to talk to them. Uh, not cool, Piper. Um, I'd also like to throw this on the table. Uh, half a point for Piper going on strike. <laughs> I will agree. I yeah. will absolutely agree. That brings us to 68 because not only did she go on strike and like, don't get me wrong. I get it. I get it. She was upsetty spaghetti. Her wedding was crashed, but like literally, but like you can't just let people die. Cause yeah, the elders like, don't want you to get dick. Like you can't do yeah. that. Um, like also she not was a good mean look. as hell this episode. She was really mean. She had an she attitude. Ca- oh, when the trolls started getting her, oh, that shit. really felt that. That was such a mood. Actually, we're gonna save that for favorite lines, favorite parts. I I was gonna go with uh the kitchen scene with the sisters, but I have just now changed my mind. All right, Clark. So that brings us to sixty-eight for personal gain. Clark, what is your favorite line from this episode? favorite line in this episode was you haven't ruined my life enough you gotta send trolls to kick me while i'm down (laughs) and if that isn't the most relatable fucking thing i've ever heard in my life it's like it's just when all the little things start building up yeah and you don't even notice that they're building up and then all of a sudden you crumble and then one more thing happens and you're like well this is it. I'll just die now. Time for me to scream, literally. Um, I I think that's gonna be like. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a tattoo of that. <laughs> that just like I don't know if I'm manic or what, but like I I suddenly really want a tattoo that says, "You gotta send trolls to kick me while I'm dead." Seriously, and it just like. <sighs> Because she, like, snags her finger and gets cut and drops a bottle. And her poor Barback is like, please leave. <laughs> poor Barback that I'd like to say, uh, pay attention to. That woman is smoking uh, hot. Uh, you, uh, we'll talk about it later. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> this, is, this is why I would- In case you needed motivation to continue watching the show, yeah. oh, wink, wink, uh, wink, something wink. comes up later um my favorite part i so i guess i just like i'm an astrology hoe and i guess i just like dissociated through the kitchen scene uh because i don't remember it but i will add it because it does seem like something that i would love but i also loved that prue like worked super hard to make this spell so that everybody could see the fairies spell it's a very cute spell and phoebe is like Prue, you gotta stop with all the rhyming. And <laughs> Prue is like, uh, okay, let's go save a baby. Like, yeah, right. Uh, fantastic. Um, well, that kind of starts to wrap things up. Uh, Victoria, out of um fairy garlands and headbands, uh, you don't want to go with. <laughs> you don't want to go. With- oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> Uh, Victoria, out of five medium whale trolls, uh, how would you rate this episode? I would rate this episode, like, 3.7 medium whale trolls. Like, it's an enjoyable episode, but I just don't, like, 
It's nice. It's casual. I would probably rewatch it again. But it's not, you know, I'm not going to come back to it and come back to it and come back to it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.7. I was going to get it a 3.5, and then I thought about how Leo came back, and I bumped it up to a 3.7. Yeah, that orange, um, that orange uh, flannel. Yeah, I just it, Leo's back. I can't, I can't help it. I'm biased. Um, yeah, three point seven seems fair. It was like good, but definitely wasn't a good, as good as last episode. Yes. Um, and it has been zero days. A spoiler alert! Since we've seen Leo, it's been two motherfucking days since we've seen Daryl. That is two motherfucking days too long. Yes, it is zero days since we've seen Cole, and one day, one days <laughs> since we've seen Kit. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that, like, I saw that on our notes and I was like, has it really, was that last episode? Because that feels like six weeks ago to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, but that does bring us to the end of our episode today. Thank you again, Aaliyah. I hope I'm saying that right for sending us an email. We loved it. Uh, Yeah, amazing. Uh, Where can they find us on Twitter if they want to send cool stuff or say nice things about us? You can find us on Twitter at charmed underscore podcast. Where can they find us on Facebook, Clark? You can find us on Facebook, where I never post, at (sighs) facebook.com backslash charmed and dangerous pod or by searching charmed and dangerous podcast in the search bar. Uh, Victoria, where do they want to find us? Where where can they find us on Instagram? You can find us on Instagram at and Dangerous Pod. Where can they find us for comments, questions, snacky remarks, sending us half-naked photos of Cole Turner? If you want to do us a gracious favor and show us your favorite thirst pictures of Leo and Cole, you can send us an email at charmedanddangerouspod at gmail.com. Uh, that does wrap up our episode for today. I feel like I'm going to have to cut out like a solid three, four minutes of this episode. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, have a great rest of your week. Uh, Wear your fucking mask. Get vaccinated if you can. I'm so tired of this. Uh, That's it. Blessed be. Blessed be.